Davening, we're talking about not, not davening, in davening in terms of the understanding of the words. We felt that the understanding of the words isn't really going to get you there. It can get you halfway there, but ultimately Tefillah is called Avodah Shebelev. It's a service of the heart, which means it's an experiential process, not an intellectual process. And therefore ideas like concentration and understanding, even though they may play some type of small part in the bigger process, but certainly that's not what you do when you daven. When you, what you do when you daven is you experience. You stand before the Creator. You connect. And <coughs> as a result, people who approach davening from their cerebellum um, unfortunately don't are not, are not able to access what, what we're trying to achieve and connect to. What we're trying to achieve and connect to is a, an experience of being standing in front of the Creator. It's a meditation, as we've said many times before, and a meditation should be looked upon and carried out in a different way than a prayer. A prayer person perhaps can just recite the words. A meditation is you want to alter your state of consciousness. You want to be in a different place emotionally and experientially. Um, we discussed until now the first several stages of how one induces that state of mind through the carefully timed walking forward of three steps to enter into the state where you're standing directly in front of the Creator. Then, by slowly bending down your knees and saying the words Baruch at the same time, you, as it were, imagine the abundance of the Creator being brought down into the world and then you bow down, stretching out your internal spinal cord until all the different pieces of that cord are stretched out um, in order to indicate the fact that you surrender all of your abilities and strengths to the source from whence they come and then as you rise up slowly head first like a snake you feel that you have been endowed you've been blessed with the spiritual energy which descends from the highest most point through into your seichel, your lave and your guf, through your mind, through your emotions and to your body and then you are an adequate and faithful representative of the Creator. You are called truly a Tzalem and you have the right to stand upright. From there you transition into the direct addressing of the Creator and you say Elokeinu acknowledging your own experience of God which is then spread sideways to the collective experience as a people that we have of our Creator and we say our God not my God our God because our experience of the Creator is also connected to our unity as a nation and then you stretch backwards in history to Elokeinu saying the God of our fathers and you connect to the not only in the geography, but not only in space, but in time. So when I say Elokeinu, I transcend, I transcend space. Wherever Jews are in this world, we are all connected deeply to our God. And when I say Elokeinu, I transcend time. 
and they say whenever they were we connect to the same God so this moment is a moment of experiencing an incredible unity between the Creator man and time Creator space and time whereby we fuse the dispersed bodies of Kali Israel into a single entity the dispersed bodies meaning the people of Kali Israel that are spread out over the world and the people of Kali Israel that are spread out over time we all come together and we say and therefore at that point in time I don't only see myself as a person connecting to my creator the, who constantly recreates the world with ever-present energy but I also find myself in a context that I'm part of something I'm not the thing which is the continuation of the bowing down whereby I acknowledged that the tools I've been given the instruments of my life are there to perform a mission are there to connect an entire structure that I'm a part of that structure I reinforce my role in the structure by saying acknowledging that this even though it has a personal individual element to it but ultimately my experience of the Creator is interconnected then we go into the obvious themselves the obvious we said represent the three primary midas and they go in order the first and primal cause of the existence of the world is Chesed Olam Chesed Yibana Hashem brought the world into existence in order to give to another to bestow upon him his kindness the ultimate good Din then allows the ultimate good accessibility to the person whereby instead of it overwhelming him and when 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 a person when you do Chesed for someone else so the problem is he becomes vacant when I when I, when I extend my kindness to a person in too um, powerful a way what happens is I'm present, he's not I see a poor person and I say, do you know what, I'm going to take care of every one of your needs and I pick him up and I carry him to my house and I seat him down in the chair and I feed him the food and I wash him and I bathe him and I dress him so I'm very present in that relationship he ceases to exist in the relationship he becomes a recipient essentially he loses his sense of identity I overcome his sense of identity so the problem with chesed is it leaves no space for the other it's a mashbia whereas when you have din then you create room for the other person but you can still have chesed, he can receive it what does that mean? it's the difference between me taking the poor person cradling him in my, in my arms dressing him, feeding him and taking care of his every woman need and be saying to the, to the person I realize you have the talents as a accountant allow me to give you a job whereby he goes and does the job and gets all the same things but this time it's through his own endeavor so the difference between chesed and din is chesed leaves no space for the other din creates room for the chesed to enter into the person in a way that he can contain it he can contain it he's not burst open through it when you overpower a person with chesed you destroy them in the process din allows them to remain intact and finally you have rachamim which allows which is the last Yaakov, which allows for a um, flexibility that even though sometimes a person doesn't live up to din 
and he doesn't really deserve it and doesn't earn it, the Midah of Rachimim provides him with other opportunities through Tshuva, through the extension of the time whereby a person is allowed to rectify what he's done wrong and through the tempering of the judgment to be a rectification and not just a punishment. So those are the three Midahs that look at Avram, they were expressed through Avram, through Yaakov and through Yitzchak and as you say those Midahs you feel the immense majesty of the human being that can contain the divine presence to the degree that they did and those are my source and to a certain degree they have imprinted my internal spiritual genetics and therefore I too embody Avram, Yitzchak and Yaakov with Chesed Gvura and Emes, Chesed Gvura and Rachamim and therefore now when I go into the next refrain Hakel, which means the powerful one representing Chesed Hagodo, the great Hagibur, the powerful the Anoyah, the awesome I don't try to understand I try to experience Godel. How do you feel Godel? How do you feel greatness? You feel greatness by contrasting my minute being in, first of all, amongst, let's say, the people in my city. And I see that there's hundreds of thousands of people in the city and I'm but a speck looking from on high. But the truth is, in the world or in the country, there's millions of people and I'm even smaller speck. In the world, there are billions of people and it's almost invisible. And the truth is, this world is one small planet in the Milky Way, which is one small galaxy. And therefore, when I see my tininess and I see the greatness of the Creator, I feel an overwhelmed, overpowered by the Gedula of the Creator. And then as I'm experiencing that godless of the Boya Olam, then I go into the Gvura and I feel that a person has strength. I know what strength is because I have an element of strength. But imagine my strength multiplied a thousand times that I could easily, with ease, lift a gigantic boulder. But imagine if with one hand I could throw the boulder a thousand miles away. And that wouldn't even be the beginning of the strength of the Creator that He interfaces with the world through. And He can just throw the world around or the galaxies. And when I feel that strength, I become overwhelmed by the Gvura. And then when I'm overwhelmed by, on the one hand, the greatness, on the other hand, the Gvura, I then go into the state of almost awe in the reflection of those two meters and I feel the neurosis of the Creator. And then I say something which is called Kel Elyon. Kel Elyon means Kale, but Elyon, supreme. Elyon means also above all else. That the truth is, everything I've said until now in the Shemona Esrei is being relating to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through His interface to the world. Through what He does in the world. Through His Midas and the man in which he expresses himself. But the truth is, in terms of the Creator himself, Kel Elyon, he's above and above and above, and he can't even be contained by all the descriptions that I've just said. And therefore, at that point in time, I feel this overwhelming sense of absolute transcendence that the Creator has to a place where my mind cannot even begin to fathom. And as I'm experiencing the loftiness, I say and I tran transition into Goymel Chasadim Toivim, that despite the the, the distance that the Creator has from the world, Goimel Chasadim Toivim, he then comes down, as it were, contracts himself to do even the most tiniest good deed, kindness to a person, Goimel. He extends Chasadim, kindnesses, Toivim, which have no element of evil in them. That every part of, part of the Chesed is perfectly designed in order they should be for my ultimate benefit. And then I go into the Koina Koil. 
that he reacquires the entirety of the universe every second, every millisecond simultaneously. At that point in time, I feel the life of my being. I feel that I'm being regenerated as I say the words. And I feel so alive, it's almost that in every second of my existence, I'm impregnated with eternity. That's what Kainah Koel. And then we move on to Zoicher are going to the past and I say the is the past is the future so there's a past whereby Kodesh Bochu looks back to the Ovois that embodied him they acted as his chariot to be brought down into the world and with an anticipation we look into the future of Maybe Goel Livnevanaim to bring the Redeemer to his children's children. The man for his name with love. Love is the bridge between the past and the present and allows the vision of the past to be realized in the present. In a certain way, the past is the male that gives the seed to the female future to create the child, the birth of redemption. And therefore, as I transition again from the past to the future, and I feel bonded by love, I'm overwhelmed by the sense of the Ava of Akash Now, the next four words, even if I don't manage to spend seven seconds on the rest of the first bracha of the of the of the Shemoni which is 42 words, which should be memorized, so you can recite them off by heart, so you can meditate upon them. So even if I don't succeed in the seven seconds on the rest of the Shemona certainly in the last four words before the bracha, I should. Melech, king. So there's one notion, is a benevolent king that takes care of me, he's in control. And the one idea is the progression from the distant to the close. King, he's in charge of me, he takes interest, but if I want to see him, he's, he's, I need to make appointments, it's distant, it's not close. So there's a, there's, a, there's a generalized interest in me, but not an individual realized uh, interest. Then you go closer to Oizer, a helper, a friend. He's around when I need him, but I need to call him. To Moshiach, the Savior, that when I fall into trouble, he's there to be, to be. He's at my side, so I'll never fall further from him, because he'll always be there to save me. To Morgan, to my shield, whereby he's not even allowed me to get into the trouble in the first place. So you go from the the furthest relationship to the closest most intimate from from the care from afar to closer to closer until it actually envelops me with protection but there's other ways of being misbrained in those words melech is the ability to decree and to have those decrees fold out oizer is the ability to be an assistance moshe is the ability to reverse what i took for granted and to undo what i seem to be inevitably leading in one way can be absolutely overturned and Mogain is the security and the bitochen to walk through life and to be undeterred by the arrows which may Khalila fly in my direction and then you conclude the Shemona Esra again with the bar but of course the second bar is deeply different from the first bar because now you've already through the process of those words connected in a very deep way to the different aspects of the Creator and this time when you bow your knees, you feel the Baruch much more potently. And when you bow your body, your torso, you feel the presence of Hashem directly in front of you. And now you've constructed in your mind's eye what that means to the way the mortal can. And then as you rise up with the Shem Hashem, you feel energized 
and embodied with the creative power of the all-powerful being and then you declare Morgan Avram that he was the shield to Avram and he continues to be our shield in every aspect of our life and when you do this and you misbeinane don't try to think about but try to experience and feel in your heart so that Shmon Esrei, that first bracha can set you off to a Shmon Esrei which becomes a deeply powerful connection to your creator um, sorry about that diatribe but I just wanted to get it all through to give you a sense of a little bit of the connecting points between the Shmon Esrei the point of Shmon Esrei, it's true of all the brochas it's, it's one big entity and the Zaka persons, you know, if, you, if you're in the middle of a job and you're assembling something, you're assembling a model and uh, you get distracted halfway through and you don't complete it. So there's a sense of disappointment when you look at the half-finished model. The disappointment is increased if you put it all together, but subsequently you realize that you left out major pieces that you just didn't see because you weren't paying attention. The Shemun Esra is called Miksha Achat, it's one solid entity. That's true of the Shmon Esrei itself. It's also true of each individual brocha. There's a brocha, how it's an entity in its own right, and then how it fits into the bigger picture of the Shmon Esrei. So that's, that's, that's me getting that off my chest. But now when I look around the room, I'm feeling, I'm feeling very distant. I'm feeling far away. I'm feeling that, that you feel that I've just gone off on a, on a bit of a trip and you couldn't care less. Many heads are nodding off. There's an overwhelming sense of, gosh, I'm bored. Um, certain eyes are saying, do I have to come to this tomorrow as well? And uh, generally, I would call it an unsuccessful experience of mediation between us and the Shemona Esrei. Why? Lewis. Um. Not that it went quickly, but it's uh, lots of very, very heavy information. Like not, we had the first initial part, but it was like you give a, a very lot of heavy information in a very compact amount of time, and so it was a lot to absorb. Great question. So what I was trying to do, I was trying to, instead of give you the information, I was trying to simulate the thought processes of experiencing the Shimon Esrei. So I was almost like trying to show you what the Shimon Esrei feels like when you're feeling it. So that you get a sense of all the different transitions, but now obviously you need to now work on it. But let's let's fetch a question from an anonymous Saposnik. Um, did you did you um, think that what you said right now we would be with you the whole way through? Different degrees of being with me, bro. Like being. Being like connected like, to the idea. Like when you, when you finished, when you yes, finished I did. I did. I thought exactly that's exactly what I thought. Yes, I thought that's what I thought, Michael. Uh, the way we, I thought the way you were going to exactly the same way. You focus. You, you can start off focusing so strongly, and then like you just, it's just, it ends up taking so long. And just and it's going forever that just like your mind just like starts to wander while you're going through it. <laughs> like and, and you mean like, you lost concentration in me as much as you lose concentration in Shmoneh Esrei? No, I think I think I, I think it was a perfect yeah I think it was a perfect uh, 
perfect uh, metaphor, I think. It was like, it was like the exact same thing. It was like going to the Shimon Hesse, what you were just doing. It's like, yeah, okay, we started off strong, we're paying attention. Yeah, right, you know, everything like, it's, it's like, you know, like, you know, talking great about God, all right, this is powerful, then like, it's just like, okay, I'm starting to... Brilliant, brilliant. So do you know what happens? It's almost spiritual overload. You feel the spiritual overload that you got that you can deal with a limited amount of spirituality, but then when the concepts become too too heightened and too powerful, so then your entire being said, "Whoa, bro, enough, enough." Right. Aaron, I think you were you were thinking about it while you were saying it, so you were dealing with the overload, and I was uh, I was trying to, and I could kind of I could kind of feel what you what you're saying, but it, so but it, it made me want to implement it myself. So I enjoyed it because I kind of feel like I want to now try implement that in the mindset that you have. Great, great. What were you saying, Jeremy? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it was if it was so much an overload for me as it was just um, there. Jeremy, we're going to get into the same problem again. The same problem is we're trying to spiritualize you, and at this point in time, we are failing dismally. Um, the the spiritual world somehow feels foreign to the the well grounded pragmatic logic that's so much part of your very being. And now I'm going to try and take you to a world where those whole logical constructs kind of don't have any place to express themselves. So so therefore, it's going to cause you a lot of disassociation because you feel that. The identity that, that you connect to the most of, and the way that you view and process the world all of a sudden doesn't go to there. doesn't go to there. So, so which I appreciate and I'm not, it's great, but let's tr- there is an element of trying to transcend even constructs of logic. In other words, you'll do this as well, you'll do this as well, you're not the most emotional person, but even you, even you, Jamie, have emotions. Now, when you have an emotional experience, when you have an emotional experience, it's not, it's not mathematical. The, the cause and effect is, is, is completely different to, to the way that we normally process things in the empirical fashion. So, so when, you, when you connect to something, so the connection is based on this whole set of different parameters. So that I'm trying to, I'm trying to, and the problem over here is again, it's invisible. It's, it's invisible. It's not. It's not sensory. It's not quantifiable. So there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of hurdles which have to be jumped over till we get there. And I, I hear that. I hear that. It's, we'll discuss jumping over them shortly. I just want to fetch a question from Gavin Shields. Gavin Shields, you were saying something. What's that? You were saying something. I was saying something. He wasn't saying anything. Okay. No, I thought maybe you had your hand up. It could just be that oh, you are. No, no, I had my second time today. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Lewis, Look, may, like may I make a suggestion? Y- not will. to what you say, like in general, just because you keep using this word meditation, and it's like, like, like when, my, when Michael and I were saw this weekend, there was like a, one of the guys who did like a meditation session, and he bit, he kind of was talking about to be, but it was one of those things where we just like sat there and like meditated, and I think the main problem is that like, especially in the American world, like meditation means like yoga or something like that and so it's kind of like taking the ichor of that and applying it to Tavila so I think it's more of like maybe if we had to try to get like a base in what meditation really is then we could apply that to Tavila because it's kind of like so let me explain to you what my working definition of meditation is okay working definition is meditation is focused thought which 
opens up one's emotional and spiritual world. Okay. So you use the direction of thought to access a part of yourself which without that conscious direction of thought would remain latent. So over here the focus of your thought, let's say, in Hagodol is about the evolving when I say evolving from your own perspective, greatness of the universe, as you view it and you expand upon it in your mind through contemplation and seeing this tiny thing and this tiny this tiny thing and then there's another one and there's another one and there's another one until there's billions and there's billions and there's trillions and 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 then there's a certain point in time where that kind of and that kind of intellectual process causes you to go <gasps> to gasp. Mm-hmm. That's called in 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 the so language. You step outside yourself. We're the most. If, you, if we look at ourselves, we're the most. Being here, the most haughty thing we can do is we're in our body, we're in control, and all this, and everything we do physically and what we see with sight is that we're in control. But once when you when you close your eyes, it's it's that the only way you can reach that we this stepping outside. Through closing your eyes is one of the important basic instruments to be able to try to move a little bit away a little bit away from being trapped in, 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 the, in the very narrow parameters of your body and your bodily desires. If you can't see things, so then you're already disassociated somewhat. But, again, so, so, so you focus your thought. Through the focus of thought, you try to open up inside of you dimensions which otherwise would be closed down. So you're not trying to reason, you're trying to think about. Through thinking about, you start to feel and experience. That's what I mean, Mike, when I say, think about the Gvura of Hashem. So you think about power. So you may think about power in, in, in the way that a mortar shoots its, shoots its shell. And you feel, you can feel the power that it has and the speed that it flies and the destruction it can wreak. It's power. But then you try to isolate the sense of power away from the mortar. And then you try to experience that on the, in its rawest possible way, to its deepest and most powerful way. Not, not. Let, let, let's try to work with this, okay? We'll just try this as a, as a small experiment. Um, in terms of trying to, as opposed to understanding the concept, trying to feel the concept, okay? Let's work with this. Let's try to feel what strength means. So take your fist, your right hand, and clasp it. Okay? Now clasp it as, as hard as you can. Feel. Now feel the strength. Feel the strength. Now take it and slam it, don't hurt yourselves, against the table. Okay, do you feel the sense of power? Okay? Now as you feel the sense of power, now focus on that. Focus on that. And imagine if that power that you have in your hand was multiplied ten times. Ten times. So like if you had something, if you had, let's say, you had a metal metal bar in your hand, you may be able to crush it. But now imagine that you've got the power that's 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 a thousand times greater. So you could actually crush a stone just by moving your hand. If you want to. Um, now imagine if that power that you have to crush it to crush it it's already coming from you. It's not your power. There's a power above that. 
and imagine that even if you had the power to crush a stone there's a power above that that could with its baby finger just by touching shatter a mountain imagine the power that there would be in that finger but imagine that there'd be a power way beyond that that just with a flick of a finger would be able to completely shatter our world and then just feel that power no? And you like it. No, it's good until uh, too fast. Too far. No, too far. We're all going to hit the table again. It's not like breaking. I think we should break the table. Should, maybe we should start hitting each other. Feeling the power of another. Seeing your power. Um, yes, Alex. I mean, I heard this, what helps, you know, and I, I think you did mention it earlier, too. Is, uh, is it Avram, before he prayed, you know, he told himself that he was like dust. Yes. And if, like, I know what's been helping me with... Uh, yeah, sorry, the problem with my muscle of feeling the strength is that's feeling your own strength. Could do the opposite. Feel how powerful you are. Why do I need the creator for? I'm so powerful. <laughs> Good, go back to you. Feel like dust. No, it's just, it, it's helped me. It's like, you know, if you actually put yourself in a situation to where, I mean, all of us are not going to be here in a hundred years. We're basically nothing. The clothes we wear are going to be dust and we're dust. And you realize the one thing that you connect to, uh, connect to, you know, because there's a sense of you, is your neshama. So if you can, like, connect to that, and then go into uh, to feel it, like... In other words, I am. So that's a way of, that's another way of doing it. Basically, unfortunately, we're going to actually be living this very shortly. Try it. You have to experiment. Again, we know we can't, we can't overcome the obstacles in one fell swoop, Ruth. To work on it, work on it. So we've discussed the, 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 how the different movements assist us. So now let's go and experiment and figure how try to try to. And some things will work, some things won't work. Perhaps we'll discuss more tactics later. Alex, I just have one more question. I, I know like uh, the different uh, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. They each go with uh, a tefillah, right? They created a tefillah. So do we like? For Shafres, if was Avram Shafres, do we go in there with the mindset of doing, you know, you have to like, yeah, do you go in with the mindset of Chesed? That's a great question. You know, do the, also the, 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 the actual prayers correspond to the Midas, that the Shafres is Chesed, the Minche is Din, that Ma'ariv is Rachamin. Okay, good, great question. We have to explore that as well. <laughs>